everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis, a foodie born and bred. My wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under twenty dollars because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway, and together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a beautiful weekend here in our beautiful nation's capital. We're going to start off the show by reminding everybody to open up those wallets, pull out those credit cards, and send some money to whatever charity is handling stuff for not just Feeding America, which is very important, mm-hmm. but also for the Ukraine because they're getting the crap kicked. Well, they're kicking some butt out there now, thank mm-hmm. goodness, okay. pushing them back. But I want them, listen, we're doing it. I want everybody to think about it. One less cup of coffee a day is 30 bucks or whatever for uh, the Ukraine, and I think that's important. All right, so we have a great that show. That is a really expensive cup of coffee. I'm sure you had a point in there, but it, a was, month. it totally got missed. I, 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 Clarify. I, you know, I'm generalizing. Okay, let's introduce okay. our guest for today. So, uh, of course, uh, Deb Moser from Central Farm Markets joins us. We're going to talk about what's happening in the markets, but also getting you ready to order for Passover and Easter now so you get your order in. Um, uh, Chef Vic Albizo's Taco Bomba is a great restaurant. It's The food there is like a narcotic. I feel like you're doing but, this wrong. No, no. Taco Bomba, come on. I don't know. We're I talking think, tacos. We're talking cocktails. I, I'll wake up at about two. Just okay. hang on. But their beverage right. director, Amin Sadiq, is an old uh, friend of the show. He knows mm-hmm. his stuff. He creates a new cocktail menu for every Taco Bomba that opens, which is cool. So he's here with us today to mix, pour, and discuss some of the liquid happiness that he makes. And he's joined by Rashida Blake, who's a bartender, and he describes her as his right hand. Okay, She's going to show it. All right. D.C. Central Kitchen. I hope everybody knows what D.C. Central Kitchen is. It's a national treasure. Uh, the organization's Mike Curtin uh, is a CEO and an old friend of the show. He's with us today to talk about something great, and that is that their awesome must-attend Star-studded annual fundraiser, the Capital Food Fight, is back. It's coming to the Anthem on the Wharf Thursday, Woo-hoo! April 7th. Come on, people. Let's gonna, hear it. He's going to tell us all about it, and I have plugged Mike in, so he's going to be jacked up. Right, Mike? Yes, absolutely. All right. Okay. And Tenoria Askew is, is a Renaissance woman. You are. Wow. I'm looking at you. You're wearing those tights and everything. No. She is a chef, a social justice activist, and author of a cool new book called Staples Plus Five, and which she really demonstrates how to transform very fundamental ingredients into quick meals that make life easy, right? Well, but not just that. Her journey to how she got there well, is we're gonna, really yes, cool. So we're going to get teasing into it. Okay. That. We're going to get to you I see what feel I, like you were teasing what I go through. Much, My life like is hell, everybody. But first, let's go to Deb Moser. Deb, let's talk about what's happening in the markets. I know, Deb, like cherry blossoms are out, like stuff is oh. popping. What do we got? I know, but it's pretty, oh. is my point. It's spring. It's oh a change gosh. of season. It's, you know, it's spring. It's mm-hmm. spring, and this is my favorite time of year because the farms start rolling back in. So in a couple of weeks, the, all the big farms are going to start rolling back in. Mm. And, you know, they have such great, beautiful things. And now is the time to start planning for Easter and Passover. Mm, cause it's because it's in April this year. It's, it's late. Up. You, <laughs> you want to put your orders in now you want to get those orders in for meat for uh all sorts of things desserts especially Mm -hmm. we have lots of bakers that make special desserts for passover for easter Mm -hmm. so don't wait till the last minute we encourage you to start ordering now they really do fill up with orders and then they'll cut them off you know like the week before and you can do that all online right so you can see like what everybody's menus are and what they're offering right 
And by the way, we just launched our new website, so it should be even easier for you to go online, check out the vendors, and uh, take a peek at our new site, centralfarmmarkets.com. We mm -hmm. worked really hard on it, and so it's easy for you. And I will say everybody should sign up for the Central Farm Market newsletter. I think it's really informative. It tells you exactly what's going on at the market that weekend. Yeah, I want to know, do you write it or does Mitch write it? She writes it. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's what I figured. Okay. Very funny, yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to put- Because I can understand it. I just wonder. What? I'm right. sorry. The Capital Area uh, Food Fight. We have one vendor that's going to be down there oh, uh, supporting that great uh, meat crafters. So oh, meat crafters. Meat crafters the Capital Food Fight. Is that the right. Capital right. Food Fight? Right. Love yeah. that. Love a little synergy. My Kirk is eating a piece of salami right now. <laughs> All right, right. Under his so. mask. Tell everybody where we can find you online, please. Deb. New website, centralfarmmarkets.com. All our information is there. Excellent. Thanks so much, Dev. We'll see you next week. All right. Taco Bamba. Now, Nikki got mad at me in the car today because I said that I what makes this- I didn't this... get mad. I, I was just like, well, if you said... sound uninformed. I'm not uninformed. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> but when I say tacos, I don't immediately think cocktails. I think that that's still, for a lot of people, kind of a new concept. And yet you guys have taken it to the max because- well, if you were just Bamba. getting your tacos at Taco Bell, then maybe you don't know any better what yeah, to have I mean, with a taco. Yeah, but like everything made with fresh juice. Who doesn't like like breakfast taco with some fresh no, pineapple? What I'm saying is, I think you're doing a good thing, but forget it. We're done. We're finished. You got to expand. I want a, a divorce from you. I mean, we're done. all right. So I get all of it though. Just to let you know, <laughs> you get this. Give us a little bit. Good about for you. I mean, half and half. All right, Nikki, you're trying to take over my show. Okay, will sorry. you? Um, will you just tell us a little bit about Taco Bamba, the four one one there? And then let's talk about Yeah, I mean, the Taco Bamba, we started off in a little shopping plaza in um, Falls Church. And now it's just uh, become a huge um, following. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about the future mm -hmm. and what's happening. Um, six out of the seven locations right now have uh, cocktail bars. Wow. Our bars but did over... the original location have a cocktail no, program? I, no, just right? straight food. Uh, Pretty amazing say... what they were doing out of there. But well, I will tell you, the very first time I went to that property, like there was a line out the door. Somebody, and now at every property. Somebody who works for me lives near there. And and I told her you were coming on the show, and she's like that. Place, she said, "I, you got to give up, you know, an hour in line because it's that but good." It's and people are trying yeah, it was to get nuts. In. I went there like nine years ago, the first time ever, and I was like, "This place is it's it, it's nuts." I got to come it's work great. for this place. Is that really how that happened? <laughs> kind of. Uh, that's how you we know? got you for a penny. So right? then, but you and Vic have worked together for a long time. You've yep. been a part of some of his Victor Albizu. Yep, started with him at Del Campo. Right, yep. at Del Campo. And then when that turned into Poco Madre. Poco Madre and Taco Bamba. Yep. I know, which I really miss Poco Madre. I love I that miss restaurant. Poco Madre. Um, He's and always he, got something up there going on. So He's got something up his sleeve. Okay, <laughs> yeah. No breaking news? You want to give no, us some no, breaking, breaking news, news here? Nothing, Come on, nothing going on like that. Okay. No. Um, so, <laughs> no, you guys are going to get me in trouble. I'm pretty sure I'm already in trouble. Wait, wait. I have a question. So uh, you create a new cocktail list for each location. Yeah, we have some just like the taco classicos. We have some classic cocktails that go to all of them. But that's what, what I mean. What's you, a classic you, cocktail? Like our, for our you? margarita. We have a wood fire pineapple, which I brought for you today, made with like fresh awesome. pineapple that we cook for about three and a half hours. Mm. Some mezcal, some uh, orange scented agave. Daddy um, loves mezcal. We have sangria so, that goes to all the stores. So you know, here's my question: though, mixes. when you when you do that, do you put a special different twist, even on the classics, yeah, to but, be but, different in each location? No, I haven't done anything like that yet, but now you got me thinking, you know? Well, I'm right, glad like, you're thinking. I take classic how, how cocktails, like classic cocktails that have been made before, and try to do a twist on those. So that they... Try, a little different. Yeah, like I, got, well. I did a little, like a huge twist on a Sazerac. It's really nowhere near anything like that, but the idea of a Sazerac kind of was um, in my head when I made this one. Okay, um, so, so let's talk about the first cocktail you made. Yep. No, you got to look at me. 
because the mic is here. The mic's over here. Oh, okay. So there yeah. you go. I'm not used to that. It's radio. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, tell right, me so about, first... You don't have to look at the cocktail to tell me about it. You just made it. <laughs> the Let's first cocktail is made with um, some Delma Gay Vita Mezcal, <laughs> uh-huh. um, wood-fired uh, pineapple juice. So we cook the pineapples for about three and a half hours, juice them, and then we make uh, an orange scented agave and fresh lime. Pretty wow. simple with a spicy uh, tahini rim salt. So an orange scented agave, are you boiling just, it? Like, yeah, what are we're you boiling doing? it with um, the um, peels of uh, orange. Oh, neat. That kind of cuts out the triple sec or any kind of orange flavor, you, the core you want to add onto mm-hmm. it. So it's just like three basic ingredients. Cool. When you make your margarita, so it's just agave, lime, and tequila, mezcal, sotol, whatever you want to throw in there. All right, great. Well, while you pass it around, we're going right. to get into my curtain. Well, yeah, you know, D.C. Central Kitchen is a local treasure, a national treasure. I, I remember I knew Robert Egger when he it was a, a German of an idea in his head, and, and Robert's long retired on the West Coast, and Mike Curtin is the CEO and he has taken DC Central Kitchen to the moon. And it's really amazing. But also, Mike has been on the show several times, especially during the pandemic, to keep us posted on what DC Central Kitchen was doing uh, because it was such crazy times. Yes. So, I mean, if you could just quickly update us, because pre pandemic, you guys had some pretty big plans. You were opening up the cafe, you were doing a bunch of different things, and then everything kind of got on hold. So let's catch everybody up. Sure. Well, that that the beginning of that of the pandemic was terrifying because we did have some huge plans on the horizon. I'm really, really happy to say and proud to say that we've kept all that on track and, and that's happening, uh, as well as meeting the, the incredibly increased demands of the community during the pandemic. So we've crossed the six and a half million meal mark uh, wow. providing to folks during the pandemic. I think uh, over three and a half million pounds of groceries. Uh, we've been distributing food at over 200 area, um, mobile sites. We now have two mobile food trucks out on the roads. But uh, did you have those pre-pandemic? Like, uh, was that stuff you had to start because you had to? Didn't you have to change how you? We did. did. We did, we had to change how we did the food to our normal partners, or the the shelters, transitional homes, uh, halfway houses. Uh, but schools was a big thing, Nikki and, mm-hmm. and David. So we we provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner at 18 schools in the District of Columbia. Of it's amazing. Locally sourced, scratch cooked food. And many of those, the meals that the kids eat there, those are the only meals they're going to eat every day. I guess it's a stupid question, but with everything else going on, the the district does not provide, they open the doors of the schools, but they don't provide any food? Um, During the the regular school year? Now, I mean, you're you're So now, no, now we're we're providing the meals, absolutely, but the problem is when the kids don't go to school. So when when the schools were out or when... When schools were in session, but the kids had to quarantine or a classroom had to close down. Right. Uh, And and so even though schools were open for kids to come pick up meals, we we definitely noticed there there were not the number of kids coming to pick up the meals that were eating in schools pre-pandemic. So that's why we had to bring the the meals to the people, to literally to the streets in these mobile trucks, which we did not have pre-pandemic. Are you doing this in more than D.C.? Um, we, We are doing... We, we we provide food mostly in D.C. We are a little bit in, in Virginia and in Maryland, but we have provided the idea and the technical assistance for this idea to be replicated over 100 cities across the country. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that makes so much amazing. sense. So, and then you guys were doing that, and then you have Marianne's Cafe? Well, Marianne's just opened, which is terribly exciting. Uh, so that is our second social enterprise cafe. We opened that in the, the lobby of the the newly renovated Martin Luther King Library right. at, at 9th and G. So to think that we are in a building that is a a, uh, a living legacy to the mission and message of Dr. King, which is economic inclusion, liberation, opportunity, empowerment, right, uh, and to 
named that after our colleague and friend Marianne Ali, who, who dedicated 20 years of her life after 20 years of battling her own demons of addiction mm-hmm. uh, and using her story and her experience to power and bring other individuals along to that place of, of liberation right. is, just, is, is an incredibly hum- humbling, but I think fitting place for us to, to be right now. Um, so for people who aren't aware of what the cafe is and what you guys are doing there, can you give us a little info? Sure. About so it? we are, uh, we, when you know, it's like any other cafe, you're going to get awesome coffee. You're going to get great wraps, incredibly healthy, uh, sandwiches and mm-hmm. salads. Uh, but the, the men and women that are working there for the most part are graduates of our culinary job training program. Mm-hmm. So these are individuals who have faced immense barriers to employment, like histories of addiction, incarceration, abuse, trafficking, homelessness, or other, other, uh, traumas. Uh, who have made a choice in their life that they want to be in a better place. Mm. They've gone through our training program. They're now working, um, uh, living wages, excellent benefits, so great jobs, uh, and and, examples of what is possible, and generating revenue now to go back to support more of that training and other programming at D.C. Central Kitchen. It's amazing. We're going to get right back to it. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll we'll dig in a little deeper. Um, This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We have great cocktails, but we're also learning more about D.C. Central Kitchen. Put a pin in it. We'll be right back. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to D.C. Central Kitchen CEO Mike Curtin. Um, we were talking there's about— There's more about Marianne's Cafe. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk more about Marianne's sure. Cafe. So why execute something like this with all that D.C. Central Kitchen does? Why create a cafe? Well, you know, it, it's interesting, Nikki. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Having been a recovering restaurateur myself, and and having <laughs> having lived through that experience of, of owning and operating my own restaurant, I often say that was my first experience in the nonprofit sector. <laughs> I, I was I was a little nervous about bringing the kitchen to that place, but um, if the time is right and the place is right, it, it makes sense to do it. And again, mm-hmm. being in a place named for Dr. King to carry on that legacy, which is the work that we do. The work that we do isn't about food. It's not about meals. It's it, Again, it's about empowerment. It's about mm-hmm. liberation. It's about economic inclusion. It's about overcoming systemic long-term injustice uh, that has kept people from the opportunities of becoming the people who they want to be. Uh, and this made made sense for us. And it's, it's, it's a great way for us to be in the community and show that we're not charity. We're not, um, we're not about helping others do good. We're we're helping other. Or we're we're empowering and, and enabling people to to do what is right and to do what is smart and to be to be the good on their own. Be. Well, and I mean to your point, as you know, there is incredible staffing shortages. I mean, not just locally right. but nationwide. So training people to go into the industry, which is a viable career option, uh, where people can really, you know. You, you hear stories again and again about people who started out with a dishwasher and sure. then wind up, you know, with a right. restaurant, you know, and then an empire. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's, it, it is a, a step in a direction to have an incredible livelihood right. and to be a part of a of a, a, what I think is an incredible industry. Yeah. So so this is a great way to, to be in the middle of the community and to show the community what it is that we do mm-hmm. and to advertise to that and to and to show the possibilities that, as you say, that, that the industry offers. Right. Uh, and that it, that it has to be all, all it's like, like, for example, all of the chefs that will be participating in our Capital Food Fight, mm-hmm. our big event that we're taking live again soon. Uh, probably most of them started out as dishwashers. They right. started out at the bottom, but hard work, determination and the desire to do more got them to the place that they are today. Well, so let's talk about Capital Food Fight. I mean, it's coming up, and you haven't been able to do it. I mean, so for people who have never been to Capital Food Fight, I mean, 
Jose Andres used to uh, host it. He was the very loud MC. Uh, for those who have been there, you know it exactly. It was very hard to understand. Uh, right, right, you know exactly he, he, what he I'm talking about. He always thought there was something wrong with the uh, audio no, no, equipment. He, he thought there was something wrong with it. Was that Spanish or English? Yeah, right. The, the acoustics yeah. were reverberated. <laughs> right. But it was a must-hit event, um, and it still is today. Um, so let's talk about like how you guys turned it on its head for this year. Sure. So we went immediately, or, or quite soon after the whole COVID thing came upon us, um, we turned our, that event uh, that would have been November 2020 mm-hmm. virtual. Right, because it's always um, November. Always November. Uh, we had scheduled November 2021, and we're really hopeful that would work out, but the uh, different variants, and we quickly became clear that that was not possible. So we decided, we picked April. We were shooting for April and hoping that it was going to work. And I think we've... We've hit that target. We've threaded that needle, uh, and we are thrilled to be coming back live at the anthem mm-hmm. uh, on, on April seventh. It's we got um, how many? So, but you are keeping the format similar, right? Sure. So you have chef stations, and I I have to ask, did you get pushback from restaurants about doing chef stations again? Sure. Because not because of COVID, just because sure. we know restaurants are struggling well, with staff shortages and et cetera. How did yeah, you handle that? Absolutely. Well, I I think I don't know. We, we didn't get pushback necessarily. We got concerned. People said, oh, I wanted to so desperately be part of that, but right. I, just, I just can't. I can't open my own bar. I can't staff it. Right. And we totally understand that. One of the things that we've done, Nikki, again, having been on the other side of that table when mm-hmm. I had my restaurant, um, we've always offered the restaurants stipends to cover costs for that evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we increased that stipend this year. Mm-hmm. We also offered them staff uh, from our staff to help them work that table. But even with that, a lot of restaurants just couldn't swing it. We totally get that, respect that, honor that. Uh, the whole idea of involving restaurants in this event has been to elevate their support of DC Central Kitchen. I'm sure that both of you have heard me say that if it wasn't for the incredible undying and sometimes might, people might say misguided support of our work. When, when Robert introduced this idea 33 years ago, people thought it was a crazy idea, except the crazy restaurateurs and chefs and hospitalians around town who got but what we were trying to do. But they all understood it because they, they all were throwing away food at the end of the night. Absolutely. I mean, it started when Robert started it. It's wasn't what it is today. A- absolutely. His initial look at it was, what are we doing with all this leftover food? Why are we throwing it away? We know there are people hungry. Absolutely. That's how it started. But, but we also recognized then, or he did then, there were, there were leftover people, or the people were being marginalized and pushed aside just as that food was, mm-hmm. and that we could bring those people in by using that leftover food, turning that leftover food into healthy, nutritious meals for right. organizations, and then cycle those those individuals back to those same restaurants where we were getting that food from. So right. creating this incredibly smart, I think, tight, um, you know, righteous circle of liberation, power, and, and empowerment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, as I said, the chefs, the restaurateurs, because they had been often themselves pushed aside, marginalized, bought into that, uh, and wanted to be part of it. So they have, right. they, it is with their work and support that the kitchen has become what it is today, uh, and they still wanted to, to celebrate that. So that that is why we want to... Um, always show the power of restaurants. Okay, so right, now but, at Capital Food Fight, yeah, let's, let's there is the a event. fight, there is a battle <laughs> sure. happening. So let's talk about our uh, competing chefs. Sure. So the twist in D.C., as you know, there are tons of these tasting events, and they're all great. But the I mean, little there twist, hasn't been for two years. Well, there hasn't been ahead. for two years, right. right. But so what, we, what we've done is add this this, this stage battle, sort of um, a, um, a top chef kind of or, or chopped kind of event where 
I feel we like have, you guys have been doing this so before Top Chef. Well, we it was before Top Chef, right? So you uh, yeah, launched actually. this kind of system that Top Chef sort You're of replicated. You guys really like, created well, the whole thing. There's no I, I think that's probably quite true. And and, and, and <laughs> but uh, but you know, this doesn't go like Tom Colicchio is not listening to this, is he? But, uh, but Tom will always Tom once again be be there. But so we have four really hot chefs locally. Uh, this year we got Pepe Moncayo, mm-hmm. Michelin-starred chef of Cranes, Cranes, who we just I think just announced he's going to be opening up another shop, shop in uh, Tyson's. Mm-hmm. We have Aji Abbott from Oos and Oz, traditionally are annually are spoken of as one of the best soul food restaurants in America. Another top chef uh, contestant, um, Brittany Brittany uh, Anderson of Lenny, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then Benjamin Lambert of The Point, who's been in many restaurants around town. In The he Point, has. of course, is a new seafood restaurant. On uh, the southwest waterfront at we Buzzard Point. We were there Point. opening night, I think. We were there. And, and yeah. that is the same building that DC Central Kitchen will open our new headquarters right. in later really? this week. Right, right, right. This year. That is so, so, so exciting. Some great chefs and then national food uh, food celebrities uh, that'll be on stage judging and uh, sharing their thoughts. So who do we thoughts. have judging? We have Tom Colicchio. Wait, 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 wait. There's a new word that's just been introduced. Food celebrities. Food celebrities. Well, food I think I, I, was, I, I was thinking of chef celebrities. I think I flubbed it. But if it's a new word, I guess that's I like how that it. happens. No, I like you could try flub celebrities. <laughs> I, sure. I like it. All right, so I'm let's gonna put talk that about on my card. So, so we have new this year. We're really excited about Kristen Kish, who's mm-hmm. doing some really cool stuff on the tube. She was also a Top Chef champion, I think, season 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Manit Chuhan, who's back, uh, who's just... A, a fun, really fun person to be with and spend some time with. Uh, again, you see her all over um, TV. I think her base is in Nashville. Does a lot of really cool Indian fusion food. Cool. And then our old friends Andrew Zimmern and Tom Colicchio will be back again. And then of course Spike Mendelson, local top MC, chef right? favorite, as MC with uh, Tommy McFly and Kelly Cal- Collins. Oh, how much fun! And so, what's the deal with tickets this year? VIP? What's available? What's not? Tickets uh, right now. The v- VIP tickets have pretty much sold out. Uh-huh. Uh, tickets are still available at 325 at uh, capitalfoodfight.org. Mm-hmm. Um, we would love to see you out there, e- even though, Nikki, as we said earlier, and David, that um, we've had a lot of some of our restaurants that have participated in years past are unable to do so. We still have 65 restaurants and mixologists signed I mean, up this year. I mean, that's pretty notable. It is. Uh, last year, we are, in 19, we had 73. Oh, so, and Taco Bamba's going to be Bamba there. Is there. Okay, and Victor. we know Meat Crafters is going to be there. Yes, okay. I mean, you're going to be there. Yes. Look at him. He's like, are we? He's oh, like, yeah. I am. So, Victor, am I? I am? Yeah, Victor is a great old friend, and he'll, he absolutely will be there. He's Didn't battled he compete before. at one point? Yes, he must have competed at one did. point, right? I, I have a request. Sure. Okay. Because I actually I went to college when uh, Lincoln was in the White House. Uh huh. And we actually had a food fight in the dining commons. And yes. while this is called the Capital Food Fight, there isn't the throwing of pies and ice cream. There is not. And, and yeah. I would like to suggest that maybe we could have a room for that. Cause, yes, uh, that is wasteful. So, and actually, Agreed. that was oh, when, stop. When, we, when we were thinking of this idea, uh, that was a concern of ours, given that we are a food, you know, uh, an organization based on, as Nikki was describing earlier, uh, against food waste. Mm-hmm. To do this with the whole the the animal house, I think that's what you're alluding to, David. Um, right, like contemporaries, yes. right, exactly. Yes, it's contemporary. Um, so so it's not as that. It was actually uh, our fr- came from our friend Jose, and I can't remember the town in Spain that has the tomato. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What is it? For, the tomatina. For, for people who are not in the industry who are listening to this, this event is so much fun. Well, it's an iconic event, and yeah. along with seeing all the you know the. What did you say, Chef, Chef Liberty? Chef Liberty. Yeah. Chef Liberty. Strange word you came Putting up with. Putting that on my business card. I mean, it is a Chef great Liberty. opportunity to support, really, Food one of the one of the the premier and most important uh, organizations okay. in this city that it really is. that 
demonstrably helps people. I know mm-hmm. that's a big word. Yeah, and, um, and it, it's it's a great time, and it does, and it, it, it it's a great time to be together now. I think people are dying to be back out together, uh-huh. uh, and and this is going to provide that opportunity. And let me also ask just um, another question, just about DC Central Kitchen in mm-hmm. general. Um, people used to be able to do bring in groups to work a day, stuff like that. Is that starting to happen again? And what about the new location? What is sure. what does that mean for you all? So one of the the very uh, tragic pieces of COVID is we, we lost the ability to invite volunteers in, which have been happening every day for 30 years before right. this this um, this tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, we are slowly starting to work volunteers back into the pro, but, but it's very limited. Um, the new space, which will open again later this year, is there is a large volunteer space uh, that has been worked into the plan specifically so we can accommodate more more volunteers. We're thinking about twenty five thousand a year from Amazing. around the country and around the world will be part of that work. So uh, I, I mean, would hold on for that. Is there a hope with the volunteers when you're bringing in larger groups that they're going to replicate what you're doing? Um, Do you know what I, I mean? Yeah, absolutely, and that, that has certainly happened. There have people that have come in. Uh, a lot of groups, whether they're faith-based groups, community-based groups, college mm-hmm. groups, business groups from around the country, come in and they say, "Hey, wow, this is pretty. This is fabulous. Why don't Why don't we have one of these where I am?" And that's you guys really the did idea. try to do that, sure. right? Wasn't there a moment? I don't know, ten years ago, where it was you tried to take it nationally. Well, we 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 had what we called the a campus kitchens project, right. where we 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 recognized all the pieces that needed to happen to create a central kitchen. That worked like DC Central Kitchen mm-hmm. exist on college existed on college campuses. So we shared that and spread that to about eighty five campuses around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as that that became that was becoming more of a uh, an organization that was focused on food waste, food recovery, and campus hunger, we were sort of going in social enterprise and job creation. Right. And so we spun that off to a, a different group that was more focused on that. But we oh. figured we had done our work, we've done our job. It. They're mm-hmm. still doing it, Great. still growing, and that's that's the beauty of it. That's amazing. All, All right. right. All right. Mike, tell everybody where they can find you, uh, the Capital Food Fight online, and where they can uh, find more about DC Central. Sure. Kitchen. Well, I, I'm usually in the basement of our the shelter at DC Central Kitchen, um, <laughs> at 425 Second Street. But DC Central, we're gonna go look for you DC there. DCCentralKitchen.org is you can learn all about us, and then CapitalFoodFight.org is where you can get tickets and learn more about the. Event. And let's make sure people know it's at the Anthem on the Wharf, which yes. is a great spot. Awesome. And, and you need to take. An Uber yeah. or a Metro because yeah. parking there parking is, uh, is not ideal. But but and it's April seventh, so if you're going to do it, get your tickets. Yep. Thursday, we'll April seventh. We can't wait. Okay, great. Right. Thank Thanks. you. All right, this is David Nikki Nellis. When we come back, we're getting more cocktails. Get in on it. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and we're going to go back and talk to um, Amin Sadiq from Taco Bamba. He's the beverage director. And he has dragged along with him this morning, Rashida Blake, one of his bartenders. I think, I think she's uh, happy to be here. She's, uh, she's so, actually she's she's yelling at me that she's the uh, GM over at our Arlington location. Oh. Very important. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know just why. Be careful with that flame. Um, <laughs> We're already done with it. Okay, okay. We already smoked uh, the room out for you. She's, she's lighting your pants on. For okay. Me. Uh, um, so can I ask a question about uh, sort of the Taco Bamba trajectory? So you started with one. Yep. And then over the years, you know, you you popped up one, and then you popped up another, but now. There was like a, a lot happening. There are it's two like, opening 
right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. So what's what's happening there? We got Walk a, us through it. Um, I think uh, Landmark yep. in spring, mm-hmm. and then we have um, Gaithersburg, Gaithersburg yeah. I believe, yeah. sometime in the summer right. or fall. You, you do know where Gaithersburg is, right? I, I found it the other day. All right. Listen, we're like uh, scene till six. They just tell us where to go, and we just jump in there and do what we need to do. <laughs> and I only get want rocking. to point this out because I, I like <laughs> to do this. <laughs> That's what my, we do. My restaurant tour friends that by going from Landmark to Gaithersburg, you have skipped over Kensington, you rat ball. Okay. And you're talking to me like I'm the guy who decides yeah, you all this are. stuff. You, you influence him. All right. So, <laughs> so, so you're in all these different locations, and do you find that you have to sort of meet people where they are when it comes to the cocktail menu in those locations? Like, how knowledgeable are, I mean, D- the D.C. metro area is a pretty educated yeah. patron. But, you know, you're very hot on mezcals. It's, Do you have to sort of educate people a little it, bit? It's tough in some in some locations. You know, we really like to look into the demographics when we do open up these things and mm-hmm. see what's, like, popular there, you know, what the population's like, what they like, mm-hmm. and try to— you mean you, you actually know, do site selection research? What do you do? <laughs> I don't. I just look after they tell me where it's opening. Okay. And I, I, Google, I use a lot of Googling. But um, as a sort of uh, uh, aficionado on Mezcal, how do you go about educating people? Because it has a lot of misconceptions. It does. It's it's tough. Um, first, we try to, of course, do it with um, introdu- introducing Mezcal through a cocktail, something not too overbearing, you mm-hmm. know, because a lot of people, right when they think of Mezcal, they think smoke. Smoke, and that's it, you know, but it can be balanced out. There's like 34 devi- varietals of Mezcal that well, are out there. Why do you think smoke is bad? I, like, I don't. Smoke is you're, yummy. you're talking to the wrong guy. I mean, right? I drank. Oh, I drank the smoke gets in your eyes. I drank uh, Mezcal all through COVID and never got Sorry. sick once, knock on wood. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's a coincidence. You call it what you want, but I'm pretty sure it's the medication. Um, so take it as you will. Okay, so really quickly for people who don't know what Mezcal is, tell them the difference between Mezcal and tequila. Well, um, all anything made with an agave plant, um, mm-hmm. if, uh, you know, uh, fermented wise, is uh, called mezcal. So tequila is technically a mezcal. Sotol is technically a mezcal. Rosia is a mezcal, and of course, mezcal is a mezcal. But um, tequila is mostly oh based. Oh my god, based. that's prophetic, man! <laughs> <laughs> Dropping, you know, um, tequila is mostly based, based in uh, five states of Jalisco, where mezcal is grown in like Oaxaca and different other areas, mm-hmm. um, and. Oh, that's uh, good. You like that one? Yeah, See, now, we, nice okay, little taco. So now what are we drinking? Nice little taco with that wouldn't be bad, right? right. Well, because these drinks cut the fat. Wait, you, the just, you just took your legs I'm gonna get you on. I'm going to get you a uh, taco. Next I time would... I see you one of these taco bombs, I'm making you a cocktail. You don't have a choice, but right. I have to do it. <laughs> so this right here is um, an aged Reposado tequila, um, vanilla. Um, we did a little Oaxacan chocolate mole bitters. It's really good. Ooh. And then uh, we smoked it um, mm-hmm. with our smoke top, and then we sprayed the glass with some absinthe. So this is kind of the play on the uh, Sazerac cocktail. So, uh, and you came up with this by just... Playing around? Yeah, just playing around. Rashida wow. throws out a bunch of ideas at me. We so throw stuff had, at the wall. You started with the Sazerac. I started with the Sazerac. So for those who don't know, what's in a classic Sazerac? It's a bourbon, sugar, bitters, and um, absinthe. And you shake it? No, you stir it. Fl- you stir, you stir it. it? Yep, and it comes straight up um, mm-hmm. with a lemon. Okay. So, so you, this you did with an orange? orange. Okay. So, so this just, I did an aged tequila. Right. You know, because bourbon's kind of aged. Um, aged sure. tequila. Instead of sh- just a regular syrup, we made a vanilla syrup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we... Um, uh, used a Oaxacan, cho- uh, Oaxacan chocolate mole bitters instead of um, Peychaud's bitters. Okay. And we still used the absinthe, but what we did was while we were stirring the cocktail, like, we smoked it. It's like a like an essence of absinthe, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, you can really get it. It's beautiful. All right, we're going to come back to you guys. If All I right. drink any more of, it, uh, uh, more of it, I can't even talk. I'll be absinthe. <laughs> okay, so David is cut off. None for David. Okay. All right. Yeah, I hope you don't call a roll. Okay. All right, so... <laughs> Tenoria Askew is, as I said in her intro earlier, she is a Renaissance woman, no question about it. She lives up to the title. She's a personal chef. 
She's a social justice activist. She's the author of a great new cookbook for a really handy guide, like a roadmap to fast, easy, good, inexpensive meals that you can make at home and, you know, feed everybody. Um, and she's, from the look of her, she's about 15. So no. I, I wish. Uh, okay, but you let's, don't have any wrinkles. Sonoria, so, uh, <laughs> let's talk about how you got into this. Because when I read your uh, bio, mm-hmm. you started in a totally different industry. Yeah. And if, I, seriously, if I had a penny for every person who like came from tech or education or was a lawyer or something, and they're like, mm-hmm. no, I had to get into the food world. Mm-hmm. That's what you did. So let's talk about how you wound up here. Yeah, so I've been cooking since I was six, but I, growing up, didn't think it was a real job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, went to college because that's what you're supposed to do. Uh-huh. And I got a corporate job because that's what you're supposed to do. Uh-huh. And, and you got bored and that's and, what you're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, and then I got real bored and I, I love the company that I work for, but I just knew I didn't want to, like, retire doing it. Uh-huh. I didn't want to retire in banking. Um, and so I just started cooking for fun. My friends would always be like, you should cater. Or it was how I got them to come to my house. Like, hey, I'm cooking. Come over. Right. Um, and what were you cooking then? Oh, it was minute, like. Whoa, whoa. What kind of friends were these that you had to cook for them to get them to oh, come over? Oh, it's the only way I make you friends. Okay. It how is. you must have been. <laughs> it's, it's the only way I make friends. <laughs> I mean, I was making like a big bowl of pasta on a Friday night and some wine or some cocktails and saying, come over. Okay. Or, I'm coming. Um, you know, I would host Friendsgiving at my house, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, but it was when my friends challenged me to go on MasterChef that I realized... I mean, but that's a pretty huge challenge. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> There was an episode, I think this was season five or season six, mm-hmm. where they were making meatloaf. And I have a friend of mine who um, actually, their dog passed away and I made them a meal. And he said, "Not out of the dog, I hope." Oh, no, but he said that the meatloaf was so good he wanted to rub it on his face. Okay. And so with that, is that recipe in the book? It is not. I love meatloaf. It, there's there's love more it. than five additionals. Right, that's that's why I didn't okay, make right, right, it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. Um. And so with that that statement, lots of people saw that episode of MasterChef, the Meatloaf Challenge, and said, "Snoria, you should do this." And I was like, "I don't want Gordon Ramsay to yell at me." Right. Um. But Good I studied luck on it. That show. You know, he did not yell at me. That's I nice. think he was kind of smitten with me. Oh. Really? Well, that's yeah. Nice. Yeah, he was, I mean, plus, like, if he's yelling at you, come on now. You have, like, these ocean blue eyes staring you in the face. He smells amazing. Does he really? So it's like you just You know, there's something I've never thought of, smelling Gordon Ramsay. I mean, he smells as expensive as he is. Okay. And does he have really good skin? No, he's super wrinkly. John George was in this this studio 100,000 years ago. John George was in our studio, and he, She fell in love with his skin. He, like, his skin... I was like, what? what he must get a facial guys? every day. Yeah. Like, I, he just, like, kind of walked, like, on air a little bit. Yeah. It was really wild. I get that. Um, but anyway, okay, so you you audition and I auditioned. you start competing. Yeah, and I was kind of in it to win it. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my life. And so I was super focused um, and went through the crazy, wild audition process that took about three months. Uh-huh. Um, and then because I'd been at the company I was at for so long, it was easy for me to take um, really two and a half months off. Wow. Um, and go and compete. And so how long was the competition stretch? It was 72 days Jeez. Uh, that I was gone with no cell phone or technology because right. they oh, take that off, from you. Right? Yeah. You can't get like an Uber to go to Target. It's like, yay, we 
we get to go to Target together. <laughs> it was like a planned thing. Right. Um, and field trip. Yeah, it really was. It was like a field trip every weekend to and go did to you Target. Make friends there? No. No. Um, <laughs> well, it's a competition. I mean, there are some yeah. people there that I still stay in touch with. One of the contestants, she, I think she was top nine, Diamond. She was my recipe tester for Staples Plus Five. Okay. Um, but I mean, I was like. Guys, I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to get a quarter of a million dollars. Gotcha. So, All right. And they you were, were like, you know, a year from now, we're going to like have a reunion. And I was like, that's fine. I'll be on my book tour. Right. So, um, for you. I was you had a not, plan. Yeah, I was not there to make friends. Okay, so you, you, you finished the show. <laughs> yeah. And then how did you decide what you did next? How did you take that experience and launch you. I mean, after you ate the hearts of your enemies. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I was well, legit. maybe that's what's in the meatloaf. So. Mm. Good for you. Good for you. You know, there, there's an episode where I win a mystery box and then I get to decide who I'm saving and who has to stay in the um, yeah, see, elimination challenge. That. I don't have it. I can't And do that. Um, I did not hold back. It was kind of like my moment to be like, I really don't like you. Wow. Yeah. I'm and they love that. There's so no shame in this. I, no, 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 no shame. I, I'm, it, I'm saying it in admiration. I yeah. don't have that. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't. So how did you start? So the show finishes. Yeah. Then and what then how did you next? decide what you were going to do with this experience? Yeah. That was the question. That's not much of a question. Okay, so I had established my personal chef company, Tenorius Table, about um, a year and a half before. Mm. And I had my cute little one-page Word document of a business plan that I look back on now and giggle. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but in that business plan, my goal was in three to five years to quit my full-time corporate job. Okay. And, and did uh, you want to cater for people? Like, what did you want to do? Yeah. I just wanted to empower people through food and I Mm -hmm. thought that that was going to be through cooking parties where I would like go in your home and do a girls night and teach you a recipe. Well isn't being a personal chef kind of like catering? A little bit but I say that I bring the restaurant to you. Mm -hmm. I don't mass produce like I have a cutoff. I'm not pissing off right. a bride for her Sounds wedding. Right, right. right. You're not tonight. doing. You're not <laughs> yes. catering for 125. Yeah, right? I get yeah. You. Okay. It's it's a much more intimate experience, um, and so it evolved into me be doing these in-home dinner parties. But mm-hmm. yeah, my my three to five year plan to quit turned into 18 months. Amazing. Yeah. And so, but as the sole person who's doing that, mm-hmm. did you have to hire other people to grow? Like, how did you scale up? You know, it was all me for a long time because mm-hmm. I did I didn't know what I was doing. Entrepreneurs have no idea what they're doing. Right. That's why we're entrepreneurs. Um and so I kind of figured it out and really it wasn't until about a year ago that I hired my first W two employee. Okay. Um and I have a contracted kitchen assistant that comes with me when I need her. Mm-hmm. The older I get, the more I realize I need her. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying I look fifteen because I'm not. <laughs> Um. So yeah, I, that's... I say that to every guest. Don't worry. How no. oh, wow. I thought I was special. I'm kidding. Oh, my I'm kidding. goodness. I'm kidding. I mean, I wish people could see you. You haven't got a wrinkle. Why not? Okay. Black we... don't crack, boo boo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's talk. Andy, do we have to take melanin, a break? Melanin and Jesus. One All right. You know what? We're gonna take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about how this book came to be because okay. it's such an incredible uh, thing. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore. We'll be back in just a sec. <laughs> All right, we're back on Foodie and the Bees with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Tenoria Askew, who is, um, uh, I mean, she's a personal chef. She is an innovator in the food world. She is a cookbook author. Um, and a, she st- has a podcast. And she has a podcast, uh, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Staples Plus Five is your new yes. book. And you started cooking, as many people we've talked to, you know, in, you were in the kitchen with your mom and your grandma picking up, you know, 
that culture, that world mm-hmm. there. How much of that is uh, – all right, start from the, the premise of the book, but how mm-hmm. much of that is represented in the book? I'm curious. It is why the book exists, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with everything being made from scratch. Uh, there was no stovetop in our house. There was no Kraft mac and cheese. Everything was from scratch. And so I watched my mom, my grandmother, my aunt, even my dad is a good cook. I watched them pull out the same stuff all the time. Flour, butter, pasta, sugar, onions, garlic. I watch them use those all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really connected the dots on MasterChef because we had a staple pantry we always had to rely on um, for every competition. There was even one episode where that's all we got to use plus one additional yeah, ingredient. Yeah, you're thinking, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I knew um, – how to make basic stuff and how to build from staple ingredients. Mm-hmm. So that's really why Staples Plus Five exists because it's how I learned to cook. So the Plus Five is a limit of five more additional ingredients. Yeah, and it's usually like your proteins, your perishable items. Yeah. But what Smart. was it about the number five that was important to you? What were you taking into consideration as you were putting your book together? I think that five is a reasonable number because – People don't realize how many things really should be staples. Mm-hmm. And I know this because of the amount of homes that I go into and look in their pantries and right. their refrigerators. Right, you think stuff that's going to be there. Yes, and right. so even like basic seasoning, I'm like, all there is is garlic powder and salt. What's I going on? Imagine. So you need that baseline. Right. And that's why five is a reasonable number too. But you me. had another mission uh, that I read about because one of the things in your in materials talked about that 12% of the U.S. population is low income and has... Mm-hmm virtually no or very little access to anything but convenience right. stores where you get, you know, processed food. Where they have garlic uh, powder. And you wanted to come mm-hmm. up with a way mm-hmm. of, you know, being able to, to deliver cost-effective, simple, but nutritious foods yes. to the table for people yes. who otherwise weren't doing it. And so, you know, there's a... But so how do you find yourself being able to execute that? You know, Indiana, where I where I live, in mm-hmm. Indianapolis, it's one of the largest food deserts in the nation. Is that true? It is. I did not it know is that. true. Um, and so, a lot of the organizations that I belong to and I'm a part of or, or partner with, um, we're all about food insecurity and um, trying to find ways to encourage people to. You can go in and teach someone how to make a healthy meal, but are you stripping them of their culture? And oftentimes that happens. And so with Staples Plus Five, it really is a nod to how I was brought up from the South um, in black culture, but I'm still using whole foods to make good meals. And so I don't need a bunch of processed stuff. My staple ingredients are whole foods, and I'm Mm -hmm. still making good quality meals that are going to appease to multiple appetites. Because oftentimes when you're in an underrepresented area, you have more than just mom, child, and dad in the house. You're feeding grandma who's very set in her ways and Mm -hmm. isn't going to consider healthy cauliflower rice. She's going to look at that and be like, no, baby, we don't eat that. Right, that's not right. Um, Right. And so you have to appease to grandma, you have to appease to auntie, Mm -hmm. you have to appease to the children. Um, Plus, it's oftentimes a single mom who is getting off work and doesn't feel like making a huge meal. Well, and as you said, Especially if you're in a food desert, yes. where are you getting the food yes. from? Yeah. So there's a lot of intention that has to be there yes. in order to be able to have those staples in the house. Right. And these staple ingredients are the ones that you can find at 
um, convenience stores or a grocery store. Okay. Um, where I'm from in Indiana, there's a liquor store sooner than you see a grocery store. Mm. And it's like, okay, we'll throw True a banana. here, too. So. Yeah, it's like, and, and in there, you'll see a banana or an apple on the <laughs> shelf, and they'll be like, yeah, that's our healthy food. And so I want people to be able to go to, you know, a gas station, a pharmacy store, a grocery store, and see those same things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a Don't lot of sense. Don't try and make it different. Deal with what. So how did you come up? So as you were doing this mm-hmm. and you had to winnow it down to keep the five yeah. ingredients, how did you, you have like over a hundred recipes, right? Yeah. That's a lot. What is your favorite? No, What's not what's your oh, favorite. No. What's I want to know how she came up with numero, that. Well, I want to hear that. Yeah. I want to hear your numero uno out of the book. I mean, any recipe that I write, no matter how many ingredients is, I cook what I like to eat. Mm-hmm. That I think that's why I feel like I'm good at what I do is because I cook what I like to eat, and I just so happen to really like to eat. Right. Um, so that makes it easy. Uh-huh. Um, but lots of people really, but lots of people really like to eat, and they're not. They don't put in the time to. It's curiosity. Cook. You have to for love. Me. To, I mean, I love to cook. Yeah. And I love creating. And I love. Why'd I you do, look at her like because that? Because he does not cook. No, no, okay. I do the dishes. He okay. does the dishes. No, no, that wasn't a you're full of it look. Okay, that no, was, no, no, no. Okay. That was I love you because you are a good. Right. Cook. I mean, I love to cook and I enjoy the process and I can read a recipe and know mm-hmm. whether or not it works for me yes. and my taste. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can tell when you read something. You're like, I don't know if I like those seasonings together. Right. So. um that's part of the process for me, but for people who don't cook, yeah, you know, there's a lot of fear. It is, and, and it's just food at the end of the day. Yeah, I feel like Staples Plus Five is very instructional, especially on the fundamentals of cooking. Mm-hmm. What I've been reading in reviews about the book is, I feel like I'm a chef because Tenoria makes it plain and simple. Mm. I feel like I can cook anything because Tenoria's details are clear and concise. Mm-hmm. And so I think from my corporate career, facilitating training and writing training materials has translated over into Staples Plus Five. Isn't that amazing? Okay, we only have a minute left, so let's tell everybody where they can find you. You also have a podcast. Yes. You want to just give a shout out to that? Yes. Yeah, so my podcast is Black Girls Eating. Mm-hmm. It is Black Girls Eating on Instagram, BGE Pod on Twitter. Um, and then I'm Tenoria's Table Everywhere. It is one in two R's. I'm sorry my mom did not name me Susie Smith. That's okay. That is all right. <laughs> so you can find me. I Type am, in. Well, originally I am my NY... mom named me Susie Smith. But really? I am NYCCI, so it's no you big get it. deal, right? Yeah. It's no big yeah. deal. So and just, we're books everywhere? Books are everywhere. My face is in Walmart and Target. That is so weird. That is so exciting. It's fantastic. Oh, my God. Yeah. So wait, where can we find you on Instagram? Everything is Tenoria's Table. Tenoria's Table. Instagram, website, Facebook, Excellent. Pinterest, all of it. And are you still it. cooking in people's homes? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, just but only in Indianapolis. Well, what are you doing tonight? I will yeah. cook wherever you will send me. Okay, good to know. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. such a treat me. to talk to you. <laughs> that was great. I'm okay. flying home tonight. Okay, oh, Taco on. Baba, come back up to the table. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought we were going to break. <laughs> you were over there drinking your own drinks. So one of the things we haven't talked about, we talked about how well your cocktails go with the tacos, but we haven't really talked about the tacos. Oh, they're so Because good. your taco list is Oofa. pretty expansive. Yeah, the whole so, menu is pretty expansive, yeah. So um, can you talk a little bit about how people can sort of find their way through the menu? Because it is over. I find it overwhelming. I mean, yeah, it is pretty overwhelming. You know, hopefully there's someone there to help you out, guide you, guide you along the way. You know, mm-hmm. we do have... Um, the boards up there that are kind of separated. So we have our breakfast menu now, uh, which we started doing. Um, is that yeah. at all the Taco Bamas? The breakfast is at all the Taco Bamas. We yep. start at 9, and we serve it all day long, so you're good to go. We also got the free coffee for you till like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so mm-hmm. that's always a nice little extra bonus for you. Muchísimas um, gracias. I'll mm-hmm. take it. Uh, I got a question for you. Is the, the Big Mac-ish 
Taco still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've favorite. they've changed a few of the names. That it used to be is, the Whack Arnold's, which was probably my favorite no, name. Wasn't it a Royale with cheese? Yeah, that, that, is that was the Royale, the Royale with, cheese. with cheese. That thing yep. is Taco Crack, man. That <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, on a nice flour tortilla. Uh, they take the burger meat, grill it on the plancha, mommy. some cheese, some yeah. onions. But it is amazing how many different varieties you do for it's, a fast casual concept. And, you know, and, most folks ca- fast casual concepts. They got four or five choices. No, they don't have four or five choices, but they're they're winnowed down compared to you guys who offer. I mean, you're menus are expansive. Yeah, and they're, you know, most places you go, they're like cookie cutter, like it's the same thing here as this yeah. one and this one, but every single one of ours is different, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. The taco traditionals pretty much stay the same, but when you get to our new waitress, the ones that chef and the team create, right. um, it's pretty amazing how they come up with this, and they're just shooting out ideas, and then they're throwing them on the plancha, throwing them here, and we're trying them, and we're tasting them. I don't know how Tortas, Vic, you know, different tortas. It's really, really impressive. Vic lost all that weight, and he looks so great. Like, how does he keep the weight off? He was, he's a tacos. workout machine, man. He's a he warrior. Is he, is he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, a, he's an animal out there <laughs> running through the woods behind his house and stuff. He's killing it. <laughs> running through the woods. Right? Dressed <laughs> with the, yeah, yeah, with okay. Okay. So tell us about the last cocktail All that right. you ever so made. So this is kind of like a play. We had this one kind of at Poca Madre. So what we have here is um, some mezcal, and then we made a um, spiced peanut syrup. So this has a little sambal, some ancho chilies, lemongrass, peanuts, um, and then just some fresh lime juice with some egg white. Ooh. You know, this is... Um, Something that two couple guys were sitting at a bar in Oaxaca, and they saw some stuff on top of the bar. Told the bartender to make something from all the, they had like grasshoppers and everything on the bar. And the oh, guys, like your own top chef. Yeah, like my own top on, chef. And the right? guy just put some stuff together, threw it in, muddled some stuff together. We drank it. We're like, holy cow, what the hell did this guy just do to us? That's and um, <laughs> so yeah, this is one of my favorites actually. You know, with the peanut and the lime, really refreshing. Yeah, I don't think um, you think of peanut in a cocktail. And it's got the peanut's got some nice spice because we use some Asian sambal flavors in there. You know, mm-hmm. the spice. Um, All right, so tell everybody, please, where we can find uh, Taco Bamba online and on Instagram. Uh, Taco Bamba, uh, TacoBamba.com. Okay. It's figuring, you know? Okay, and um, my, my interweb skills are not that great. Okay, at Taco Bamba. Uh, at Taco Bamba, Do you need some yeah. help here? Would yeah, you yeah. like me to and help you? And then it's you? the IG is the uh, Taco, at Taco Bamba. Excellent. Okay, right? great. Well, That's we correct. want to thank you, Or you can come out to the locations, Fairfax, huh? Vienna, Springfield. Rockville. Rockville. Coming to come. Landmark. Landmark in Gaithersburg. Gaithersburg. Falls Church, Fairfax. Herndon? Come check us Herndon? out. Look at Did you. I hear you Herndon? Yeah. And a Herndon? Can I get a Herndon? Yeah, and okay, a Herndon. Great. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's give it up for Herndon. Right. We'll, Thank we'll come both. see you. You almost Thank failed you the so chest. Much. Okay. Uh, before you wrap this show up, I would just want to remind everybody, there, there's misery all over the world, and we're fortunate here to be much less miserable than the rest of the world. So don't forget Ukraine. Don't forget Sudan. Don't forget Somalia. Don't forget the world. Okay. So we want to thank you and all of our guests for joining us today in studio. It was so much fun. It was fun. Uh, all the great things for you to try out there. Uh, you can follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, I'll and- follow you anywhere. Okay, shush. And then... Um, <laughs> Also, don't forget to check out the list, areyouonit.com, for everything you heard here today in studio. And Industry Night airs uh, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Real Fun DC. Of course, you can download that as a podcast. Lastly, while the masks are off and you don't have to be vaccinated, please be careful out there. There is some rumblings going on. And uh, there's still staff shortages and there's still supply shortages. So take your kindness pill, please, before you run into any restaurant uh, and be good to those who are being good to you. We thank you for joining us today and have a delicious week.